Here's what scares me on this is why is it happening? And, and with, with the, the economic environment that we're in right now, why is this happening? Why are we seeing an increase in pricing? And we're live. It is January 6, 2021. Tim, how's things? It's a new year, buddy. Well, we're looking at uh, end-of-year housing data uh, across the town, different counties, town by town, um, seeing some major spikes in median sales price you know, increases over the last year. Um, what do you make of that, given what's going on? Yeah, it's... That's a loaded gun right there. And that's a loaded question that you just asked. Sure. You know, we're, we're big into, you know, we don't just look at the MLS data. We, we take it apart ourselves. So we're using CoreLogic's data and we're dicing it up in a way that makes sense. Um, and trying to see if it does, in fact, make sense. Maybe it doesn't. So when we look at it, you know, we're seeing, you know, inventory has been extremely low. Yet, across the board, most of the towns across the state we're seeing that there was an increase in sales from 2019 to 2020. Mm -hmm. Of course, most of that didn't take place in the first quarter. Uh, it was a rally. Then we're seeing that the majority of the town saw an increase in median selling price between six and 9% mm -hmm. across the board throughout the state. Mm -hmm. Price per square foot could be all over the place. Here's what scares me on this is why is it happening? And, and with, with the, the economic environment that we're in right now, why is this happening? Why are we seeing an increase in pricing? Well, you're saying 6 to 9%. I mean, going through Hartford County and some of the other areas of Connecticut, just, just to get a, a larger sample size of what's yeah. going on with housing data. I mean, there's towns in, in Hartford County that were as high as 16 to 17% increase in one year for median sales price. So what is that? So that, that's alarming, first of all, because during the period of 2002 through 2008, we were seeing um, a market, and by market I mean a town, increase by as much as 5 6% a year, which was a lot. You compound that year after year after year, mm -hmm. and you know, that, that, that boils into a disaster. Here we are today, in one year, seeing appreciations as high as... 17%, 19% in some towns? Yeah. Well, after doing updating one town up in Hartford County, um, Suffield, and you know, I, I updated the, uh, the data in that town and saw a median sales price increase of 16%, I believe it was. And ironically, the next day, I meet up with some friends, one of which actually owned a home in Suffield. And given the most recent market conditions, chose to just up and sell his house because the numbers were so high and he actually had... Uh, high tension power lines on the property and realize, you know what, this is as good a chance as I'm going to get to sell this. <laughs> he dumps it, sells the house, and then moves into his cottage down here in Stonington and is living there for for now until the market kind of maybe corrects, bottoms out, whatever you want to call it, and then we'll buy back in, which if you can do that, I think is brilliant. But who has the wherewithal to do that and the means to do it as well? You know, he cashed in. He 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 was smart. Mm -hmm. And what I can say is, why did he buy that property to begin with? At some point, he realized that with those high tension wires there, he made a mistake. Sure. And he saw this as an opportunity to get himself out of it. Well, and the, kudos to him. It's almost like the pandemic actually bailed him out. Uh, <laughs> it is a bail. It's and a huge. Bail. And I hate to say it that way because there's a lot of people being severely, you know, adversely affected by this. So I don't want to make light of it, but it's a situation where. 
you know, this presented an opportunity. He saw the opportunity and jumped. So it's, I think it's, 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 it can work to your advantage if you're paying attention. You know, I, I, as we were taking apart these towns throughout the state and we're looking at the data and we're analyzing it, I think each town tells its own story and you almost need, you know, some of these we can, we can, we can look at and we can figure out what's happening. Some of these towns, if the, if the price per square foot actually declined, or let's say the, the price per square foot increased, we would see that people were buying homes with smaller square footage. Mm-hmm. So the numbers just make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, with smaller square footage, the price per square foot should go up, and we can interpret some of these things. Going back to the fundamentals of real estate and what drives it, it scares the living shit out of me mm-hmm. when we see the economy where it is with a GDP, we're down what three point five percent? Yeah, right now. Yesterday. Yeah, and back in two thousand eight, it was you know at its worst. I think it was like three point nine four in that range mm-hmm. or something like that. But it still was you know at that time they'd lost twenty percent of the value in real estate across the board in this country, and here we are in one of the worst economic climates that we've seen in years. And we have a stock market that is absolutely booming. And we have residential real estate that's selling at record highs with an appreciation. I'm looking right here. Wyndham County had some, you know, median sale went up. The highest was 21%. Mm-hmm. What the F is going on here? <laughs> well, again, is it, it's, it's the conversation of fiscal stimulus versus monetary stimulus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's part of it, and part of what the research we've been doing is saying that, you know, the, the the lower income individuals are really being hit harder because they're losing these jobs, whether it's in the restaurant industry or service type related jobs that are basically shut down at this point. Not shut down, but severely reduced. You know, what do you do for these people because they're not they're getting a paycheck or a stimulus check, and they're going to just buy groceries for, with it just just to feed their family. So. So, okay, let's, let's take this apart because I've always had the mindset, you know, when I went to school, I was taught that, you know, what drives, besides supply and demand, what drives the value of real estate? Besides interest rates, the back-end ratios income. from lenders, it's income. Yeah. And if we see, so, what are we, so who is reflective of the market? Who's buying right now? Is it the low end? Is it the, our no. low income? The low income, they, they can't even, I mean, in many respects, the low income, they can't afford to buy, so they're renting. And even right now, a rental is difficult to find, an affordable rental on top of it. So we really don't, when we think of median household income and median selling price in these numbers, we're not, it's not reflective of the whole market. It's just reflective of that middle class, people with stable incomes, with mm-hmm. jobs, or the upper income. Mm-hmm. So are, are we, do we change the whole dynamics now? Are we looking at things from a different angle or through a different lens? Well, and you got to look at it and say, how do you police that? How do you police who gets a stimulus check and who doesn't um, across the board? And like you said, you see uh, upper to middle, middle income and up. Um, a lot of these people have, still have their jobs and they're receiving stimulus. So what are they doing with the check? Well, they're big screen TVs. What else? Bigger houses. Uh, you Put it into the stock market. Yeah, stock market. I mean, the Dow's at an all-time Stock's high. Stock's up. Um, meanwhile, we're printing money at a fever pace. So you can sit there and say, well, the Dow is at an all-time high, but how much of that is the dollar being at an all-time low? There you go. And, and these are all questions we need to think about. Yeah. Uh, and I think you and I will have the ability to dice this up and maybe 
you know, stimulate some conversation, not only between us, but mm-hmm. between the people that are out there listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Here's my one thing that I, I'd like to throw out there, and I'd love some commentary on it from you and, and, and anyone else. If the, let's say that the moratorium is lifted, and right now it's scheduled to be lifted on February 9th, and we see a rash of short sales, foreclosures, hit the marketplace, What's going to happen? What does that do? Who's going to scoop those up? Probably the whales that can go around and scoop them all up and use them as portfolios of rental properties, whereas the people that we would need to purchase them, the younger, lower income, they're kind of shut out because they don't have the means or the access to these properties. Okay, so we're not saying that potentially the the median selling price or the selling prices we're seeing right now would get reduced. We're actually saying that they could be scooped up by that middle class or upper class. And what's going to happen is that lower income or lower class is going to be forced to rent. And that means the rental side has to get pushed up, which means there's virtually, I mean, it's, it's going to be really hard for a low income person to realize the American dream and buy real estate in the future if the rent is going up. And how do we, we traditionally look at somebody's ability to rent as they can afford the principal and interest. That person that can afford to buy can afford the principal and interest, the taxes and the insurance. Mm -hmm. So if we push up that rental rate, how do they save enough money to actually be able to buy in the future? Are we, are we just pushing the classes apart? That's what, that's the, the big, uh, the wealth gap right there that, that we were talking about yesterday. Is yeah. it getting bigger? Yeah. Oh, of course it is. It absolutely is. So what's the answer? I mean, where does this go from here? Well, I think, I think we got you and I going forward, this is where it's at. This is where we need to do the deep dive, and we need to throw out some outside-of-the-box thinking and get people to comment yeah. and, and help us with this. Because, you know, we'll take right now, we'll go – We'll go start working on a whiteboard mm-hmm. and, and you know, then we'll come back and we'll talk about this. But we need insight. We need, it. We need those economists. We need those, those people that are just entrenched in the different sectors of the market across the country to weigh in here. Let's figure this out. Yeah, let's focus on the practitioners that are out there in the market seeing what's really happening, boots on the ground, and then let's, let's kind of let that feed the advisory approach that we're, that we're moving forward with. You got it, brother. Appreciate right. it. Talk soon.